It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blue's Disney On Demand, and it is May 1st. And what is so special about May 1st? Well, if you think back to 25 years ago, it was the grand opening of the Disney MGM Studios. And this week, for show number 73 for the week of May 1st, 2014, we have all kinds of fun, as we're going to be celebrating the 25th anniversary of Disney's MGM Studios by welcoming none other than voice actress, actress, and lawyer, Laura Jill Miller, to the show. That's right, Laura Jill Miller, who you may know as the voice of Lammy on Doc McStuffins. She's the voice of Henry Hugglemonster on Henry Hugglemonster. You may know her from Curious George, Digimon, as well as for all of you older D-heads out there as Sam, the middle child from the old classic 80s sitcom, Give Me a Break. And that's right, Laura Jill Miller is going to be stopping in and talking about a variety of different things. What it was like being part of this 80s classic sitcom, voicing such iconic Disney Junior voices, and more. In addition, we're going to be celebrating the Disney MGM Studios. That's right, I still love to call it the MGM Studios, you know, minus the giant Mickey hat and all those kind of fun things. But it is the 25th anniversary of Disney's MGM Studios, so all show long we have all kinds of fun as we're going to be bringing you some tidbits and maybe some things that you may have forgotten about the original few years of this classic Disney park. In addition, we have the D-Team back. That's right, no show would be complete without the D-Team here. And we have Aaron. You have questions, and he has answers. And he's going to dip his hand to that virtual mailbag and answer all your questions, and I want to know. We also have Caitlin back, who's going to be stopping in with the latest from the Walt Disney World Resort with WDWN2. And let's not forget Lexi, our D-Team member from Down Under, as she's going to bring you a little bit more from the Hollywood Walk with our special guest, Laura Jill Miller. And finally, we have Paige. Paige is going to be stopping in with a magical music review. So we have all kinds of fun from the D-Team, as well as tons of news hot off the D-Wire. From celebrities, movies, Marvel, Infinity, and more, we have all kinds of fun off the D-Wire. So, all of you D-Heads, with that said, it is a jam-packed show here this week. Hooray for Hollywood. Let's officially kick off show number 73 for the week of May 1st, 2014. I'll be right back, all of you D-Heads. Disney 
worth in their dealings with stressed envelope to Davis and Kurt. Write down that. Tonight on a special presentation of the magical world of Disney. The grand opening of the Disney MGM Studios theme park. Join James Stewart, Smokey Robinson, Jane Fonda, John Forsythe, Stephanie Powers, Buster Poindexter, Kate Jackson, Dick Van Dyke, Ann Miller, Ashburton Simpson, Suzanne Summers, Kathy Lee Crosby, Tony Randall, Rue McClanahan, Estelle Getty, and more superstars and more famous cars. This is going to be great. The Disney MGM Studios theme park grand opening, a world premiere exclusive next on the magical world of Disney. Hello, I'm Michael Eisner. In a great tradition of Hollywood, I'd like to welcome you to a major studio sneak preview. Tonight, the Disney MGM Studios theme park will officially open to the public. But as the final touches are being put on this wonderful new theme park, we're going to give you a glimpse of what all the excitement is about. We're also going to try and give you a sense of what this thing called Hollywood is all about. When we think of movies, we think of entertainment. But the greatest films have done much more than simply entertain. They've enlightened us, inspired us, and helped shape the world in which we live. Each of us has a favorite movie, one that has stuck in our minds and influenced our lives. Mine was Pinocchio. I'll never forget the first time I saw it. It inspired in me a sense of awe and beauty and creative possibilities that have stayed with me all my life. Tonight, we're going to talk to some pretty remarkable people about the films that have affected them. I think you'll be fascinated with what they have to say. So sit back and enjoy this sneak preview of the Hollywood we've created in Florida. There's not so much a theme park as a state of mind. A Hollywood that never was and will always be. Hey D-Heads, you're listening to Disney On Demand, a new kind of Disney show, only on DizRadio.com. D-I-Z-Radio.com. The dog is in and she'll fix you up. If you're a toy, then you're in luck. It's okay, don't be afraid. The dog really knows her stuff. Do, 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 you know it's good for you. The dog is gonna help you feel better. Oh, 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 it's the place to go when you feel a little under the weather. Let duck makes duck fins do her thing to get you right back in the swing. It's Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, I am back, and I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 73 for the week of May 1st, 2014. And we have all kinds of fun lined up here this week. As I already mentioned, it is the 25th anniversary today of Disney's MGM Studios, and we also have a very special guest. You know her from Doc McStuffins, Henry Hugglemonster, Curious George, as well as the classic 80s sitcom, Give Me a Break. We have Laura Jill Miller stopping in here very shortly as well. We have the D team and all kinds of fun. So before I just jump right into D news hot off the wire here this week, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, and more right there on our website at dizradio.com. D-I-Z radio.com. You 
You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. Just search Disney Blue, B-L-U, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio. And remember, you can always subscribe to our show right there on Stitcher Radio or iTunes and get the latest shows right there in your mobile device, your tablets, and the palm of your hand right away. So definitely check us out and spread the word. So all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm just going to jump into news hot off the D-wire, and how about the obvious? Yes, the one that I've already mentioned a few times here since we kicked off the show, the 25th anniversary for MGM Studios. Yes, on May 1st, 1989, it was the official grand opening to the public of Walt Disney World's MGM Studios. That is correct. It originally opened on April 30th, 1989 as a special small little quiet festivity thing that was broadcast all over the United States and the world nationally with the grand opening of the MGM Studios. But on May 1st, it was open to the public and everybody was treated to something new, something fun, something spectacular. Yes, you didn't have the Mickey Saucer hat there, you didn't have Tower of Terror, but you had some fantastic things. You had the Chinese theater. That, to me, just it, it solidifies what Hollywood is, and I love the attraction. The great movie ride still remains to be just a fun, classic attraction. You also had the backlot tours. On top of that, let's just talk about all the interactivity. You had real television shows being filmed there. You had the Mickey Mouse Club. The all-new Mickey Mouse Club is part of this. You had animated movies being drawn right there. I mean, I am sad to say that many of this has gone away over the years, and it is nothing more than just a park dedicated to Hollywood. It does bring that, that tear to my eye that that is now what it's boiled down to. But Hollywood Studios continues to be just a very fun park, and it is the 25th anniversary. I recall being there just three weeks after it opened, and I was just in awe. I remember raising my hand, being part of Superstar Television, and uh, it, it was just fun. I mean, come on, how many of you remember the Backlot Tour where you got to jump on the B from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and get superimposed, and it looked like you were flying around? And Come on, we all remember this. I mean, it was just a fantastic, fun thing. I mean... The, the, that was like the the end of those kind of special effects. So it was definitely just, it was a fantastic time. So May 1st, 1989, the grand opening of Disney MGM Studios. I will always call it MGM Studios. And as much as the Mickey hat is now an icon to the park, I do wish to date it would still serve a purpose of some sort. Tree of Life, an attraction. Spaceship Earth, an attraction. Cinderella's Castle, a restaurant. And the hat? Hmm they sell pins. I just wish something else would have been done with it. So all of you D-heads, happy birthday, and we have a lot more coming from the 25th anniversary of Disney's MGM Studios all throughout the show. So shifting gears here, let's just jump into more things off the D-Wire, and how about one that is a tragic loss? Yes, you may remember the great classic film, who framed Roger Rabbit? We all know Roger Rabbit. In fact, we talked with Charles Fleischer, the voice of Roger, in our archives here at the show. You can go back and listen to that show in our archives at DizRadio.com. But this week, we officially lost Bob Hoskins. Yes, we are forever going to miss 
Mr. Valiant to that big silver screen in the sky. Yes, Bob Hoskins has passed away this last week at age 71. Now, he had complications to pneumonia, but he also retired from acting back in 2012, with his last movie being Snow White and the Huntsman. He retired mainly because he was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, but he died with complications to pneumonia at age 71. Now, Bob Hoskins, in, in addition to just being part of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, you may remember him as Mr. Smee from the classic Robin Williams film, Hook. He was also part of Mermaids with Cher, as well as Super Mario Brothers the movie. It wasn't the greatest of movies, but it definitely was fun. And Bob Hoskins continued to just be a class act actor. I mean, everybody respected him, and he truly was a great character actor. He brought many characters and roles to life and always seemed believable and genuine on the screen. So this week, we can bow our heads and close the curtain on another actor, another legend connected to the Disney community with Bob Hoskins passing away at age 71 this past week. Now pushing right along, let's get into interactivity and how about Disney adding Marvel heroes to Infinity. That's right, the Walt Disney Company is adding several Marvel superheroes to the Disney Infinity. Now, the company announced plans this last Wednesday to add more than 20 characters, beginning with the Avengers members Captain America, Iron Man, Hawkeye, Black Widow, Thor, and Hulk, in a new installment of the franchise. Now, many people know that Disney Infinity continues to grow and grow, and my kids, they love Disney Infinity. From all the Disney characters and icons and building the worlds, but Disney Infinity Marvel superheroes is set for release this fall for Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, Wii U, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. Now, the new version of Infinity will include several updates, including more ways to upgrade characters, new moves, vehicles, and more, including things like motorcycles. Now, Marvel comic writer Brian Bendis is writing original stories featuring the Marvel characters for the game. Now, a starter pack for the new version will feature a game and three figures, including Iron Man, Thor, and Black Widow, and an Avengers-themed playset with two discs can be used to upgrade and more. Now, the Marvel superheroes are going to be joining such likes as Buzz Lightyear, Woody, Anna and Elsa, Mickey from Fantasia, and more, including Wreck-It Ralph. So, if you were a Disney Infinity fan, now you can add Marvel to that collection as well, coming this fall. Now, stepping away from the interactivity, let's get to something that's held in your hand, and how about comics? And Disney Comics has now previewed Space Mountain as a graphic novel. Yes, as reported a few months back, Space Mountain is the newest ride from Disney Parks to come to comic books in an all-new graphic novel adventure. Now, it is going to debut on May 7th, 2014, and the graphic novel comes from Smallville and Arrow writer Brian Miller, with art by Kelly Jones. Now, the artwork for the cover, I mean, it truly is in this classic retro yet Space Mountain style. Now, taking the concept of the ride and making it into an adventure comic book came not from sister company Marvel, but from Disney Comics itself, under the watchful eye of Marvel and DC veteran Mike Siglin. Now, in a Newsarama exclusive preview, they did a variety of different things, with a castle as soon as they meet the evil queen, and many other things. Now, they also have some fantastic people behind this, including Space Mountain writer Brian Miller. Artist Kelly Jones is published by Disney Comics, and it's set in the year 2125. And the Magellan Science Academy has given two lucky cadets golden tickets to join a team of space explorers on a special field trip to journey 24 hours into the future. But when their mission goes unexpectedly wrong, the two kids must band together with a miniature flying saucer sidekick to save themselves and their crew and return to Space Mountain before time runs out 
and the universe is destroyed. It definitely has a unique concept, and I know I'm going to be waiting for this one on May 7th when it debuts. Now, since we are talking about writing, and comic books always involves writing, how about the Disney Channel launching new screenwriting programs? Yes, Variety has officially reported that Disney Channel has launched a new initiative, Disney Channel Storytellers, designed to inspire and develop the next generation of series creators and screenwriters of original programming for their kids and families. Now, they are going to have a variety of different things, including each participant will have one live-action script commissioned as a series pilot. They will be mentored from concept ideation and writing to network pitching and a pilot production. Now, candidates must submit their two half-hour live-action comedy writing samples. Now, 10 semi-finalists will be interviewed and three finalists will be chosen based on their scripts and interviews. Now, the 2014 program will also provide the three successful applicants with a daily work experience and the opportunity to improve the skills necessary to write and develop programming for Disney Channel and Disney XD branded platforms. As they have officially released, the Unique Storytellers program will create new opportunities for collaboration and inspiration for the series creators of tomorrow. There is nothing more inspirational than watching people with natural creative gifts that grow and we expect to continue the success of this program on an annual basis, stated Ms. Cummings, Vice President of Original Series, Disney Channels Worldwide. Now, the Disney Channel Storytellers program will provide participants with WGA membership and eligibility credentials. Now, if you want to submit your application, you can find out more at DisneyChannelStorytellers.com for more information. Now, stepping away from the Disney Channel, let's get into Shanghai Disney. Yes, everybody is talking about the latest Disney park that is full in motion. And how about Disney giving Shanghai theme park to get $800 million boost? That's right. Disney now says its Chinese partner will spend over $800 million more on their Shanghai theme park, bringing the total investment to almost $5.5 billion. Now, as they have put it, the extra spending will go towards more attractions, entertainment, and other offerings. Now, most of the additions are targeted to be completed by opening day, which is aimed for the end of 2015. With $5.5 billion, I hope Shanghai Disneyland is uh, definitely going to be one really good park that you're going to want to visit. Now, stepping aside from theme parks, and let's get into other things that fall under the Disney umbrella. And how about Star Wars? And Disney to release the first trailer of Star Wars Rebels on May 4th. Yes, Disney's Star Wars Rebels will debut its first trailer worldwide on Star Wars Day. Yes, May 4th. The May the 4th be with you. Now, the animated series is the first project stemming from Disney's 2012 acquisition of Lucasfilm for $4.05 billion in cash and stock. As the series begins, Imperial forces have occupied a remote planet, with the starship Ghost taking a stand against the Empire. In the United States, Disney XD will feature the trailer during the premiere of LEGO Star Wars The New Yoda Chronicles at 7pm. Now, The trailer will also air on Disney Channel, ABC, ABC Family, Fusion, ESPN, ESPN2, and ESPN3 at varying times throughout the day. Now, Fans can get a 30-second sneak peek of the trailer on ABC's Good Morning America on Friday, May 2nd. Now, Star Wars Rebels is scheduled to premiere in the fall as a one-hour special telecast on the Disney Channel to be followed by a series on Disney XD around the world. Now, staying with Star Wars, let's talk about Star Wars announcing the cast for Star Wars Episode 7. Yes, the highly anticipated sequel into the Star Wars saga. Now, the Star Wars team this week was thrilled to announce the cast of Star Wars Episode 7 officially getting released. And it has a variety of newcomers as well as some veteran actors 
that we really wanted to see be part of this film. Now, actors John Boyega, Daisy Ridley, Adam Driver, Oscar Isaac, Andy Serkis, Donham Gleason, and Max von Sydow will all join the original stars of the saga, including Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, Anthony Daniels, Peter Mayhew, and Kenny Baker in the new film. Now, director J.J. Abrams says we are so excited to finally share the cast of Star Wars Episode 7 with everybody. It is both thrilling and surreal to watch the beloved original cast and these brilliant new performers come together to bring this world to life once again. We start shooting in a couple of weeks and everyone is doing their best to make the fans proud. Now, Star Wars Episode 7 is being directed by J.J. Abrams from a screenplay from Lawrence Kasdan and Abrams. Now, both Kathleen Kennedy, J.J. Abrams, and Brian Burke are producing the film, and John Williams, once again, is going to return as the composer. We are all very excited for this, and I myself am stoked for Star Wars Episode 7 to be hitting the screens. Now, moving from the big screens, let's go to something a little bit smaller and the small screens, but yet it's still a movie. And how about Kristen Chenoweth to play Maleficent in Disney Channel's The Descendants? Now, we've talked about The Descendants a variety of times here on the show, and now Broadway television and film star Kristen Chenoweth will play the iconic character in the live-action original TV movie centered on a group of Disney villains' teenage kids, The Hollywood Reporter, has stated. Now, Descendants is set in a present-day idealistic kingdom with the benevolent teenage son of King and Queen of Beast and Belle. Now, Ben is poised to take the throne. Now, his first proclamation to offer a chance of redemption for the troublemaking offspring of Cruella Deville, Maleficent, the Evil Queen, and Jafar, who all have been imprisoned on a forbidden island with other villains, sidekicks, evil stepmothers, and stepsisters. Now, we can expect Maleficent to be played by Kristen Chenoweth very well. I am very excited for this, uh, although she is a pretty short woman, so I am curious because I always picture Maleficent as a, a lot taller of a woman. But Kenny Ortega, who directed a highly successful high school musical franchise, is going to helm the film and do the choreography with Paul Becker. So this is going to be, you know, a great addition to the cast. And, you know, even though it is a made-for-TV movie, I am excited for it when it goes into production in late May for a 2015 debut. And D-Heads, I've been talking for quite some time here, so I am going to take a break in a minute and release the reins to the D-Team, but I'll give you one more little bit of news. And since we are talking about Disney Channel original movies, how about Teen Beach Movie 2 to premiere in 2015? Yes, Disney Channel now has officially announced that production on Teen Beach Movie 2 will begin this July, and this, it is a sequel to last summer's hit Disney Channel original movie that premiered, and it's going to premiere in 2015. Now, Teen Beach Movie 2 will again star Ross Lynch from Austin and Alley fame and Maya Mitchell from The Fosters, Grace Phillips from Baby Daddy, and Garrett Clayton from The Fosters, as well as John DeLuca from Twisted in their roles of Brady, Mackenzie, Layla, Turner, and Butchie. Now, the audience response to the first Teen Beach movie was overwhelming, said Gary Marsh, president and chief creative officer of Disney Channels Worldwide. We are thrilled to have the cast back for an all-new music-driven saga that continues this fantastic story. Now, the sequel takes place months after Mackenzie and Brady return from their adventure that transported them into Brady's favorite 1960s beach party movie, Wet Side Story. Now, the sweethearts get a real-world visit from Layla, Tanner, and Butchie, and the other surfers and bikers. Now, Teen Beach Movie 2 is being written by Robert Horn, who did write the first film, and Dan Bredson, who wrote Hannah Montana the movie, as well as Billy Eddy, who did Zapped. Now, Teen Beach Movie ranked at cable television's all-time number two movie in total viewers ever. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to release the reins to the D-team. We have all kinds of fun. More as we continue to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Disney MGM Studios, as well 
as having our very special guest, Laura Jill Miller, stopping in here very shortly as well. So I'm going to release the reins to the D-Team. You have questions, he has answers, and we're going to have Aaron stopping in here very shortly with I Want to Know. So all of you D-Eds, I'm going to take a drink, and uh, I'll be back shortly. Let's press on with show number 73.
GM Studios Theme Park at Walt Disney World in Florida. This is Genevieve from Disney Junior's Choo Choo Soul, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D-Heads, this is Aaron, and I'm back with another installment of I Want to Know. This weekend, me and my son are heading to the great outdoors for a Cub Scout campout. The weather looks to be great, and we are excited. But before I head out, let me reach into the virtual mailbag and answer some questions for this week. Our first question is from Tammy in Rhode Island. She writes, I will be so excited if you read my letter on the podcast. I'm a younger Disney fan, but still love the classics as well. Funny how classics could mean the 90s for someone my age. My question is for Disney's Emperor's New Groove. I read that the film was stopped like halfway through production and then restarted all over again. Is this true? What were the changes? Also, why does the soundtrack have nothing to do with the film? I love the soundtrack, but no song, but like one, was used in it. Thanks. Well, The Emperor's New Groove was released in 2000. It is the 40th animated feature in the Walt Disney Animated Classic series. The film was originally developed as Kingdom of the Sun. It began production in 1994 with Roger Allers as the director and Randy Fulmer as the producer. Pop musician Sting, who in the wake of Elton John's success with the Lion King soundtrack, had been convinced to write several songs for the film. Sting agreed to the project but specified only if his filmmaker wife Trudy Styler could document the process of the production. This film, which was eventually entitled The Sweat Box, was agreed to and Sting joined the project. Along with the collaborator David Hartley, Sting had composed eight songs that linked with the original plot and characters. Kingdom of the Sun was to have been a tale of a greedy, selfish emperor who finds a peasant who looks just like him. The emperor swaps places with the peasant for fun, much like the prince and the pauper. However, the evil witch had plans to summon the evil god Supa and capture the sun so that she may retain her youth forever. Discovering the switch between the prince and the peasant, the witch turns the real emperor into a llama and threatens to reveal the pauper's identity unless he obeys her. The emperor llama learns humility in his new form and even comes to love a girl llama herder. Together the girl and the llama set out to undo the witch's plans. Development suffered from several attempts at trying to make the plot more original since it was so similar to Prince and Popper stories. Disney hired Mark Dindle in hopes to reinvigorate the production. The result was that Dindle and Allers essentially began making two separate films, with Dindle pushing his scenes towards comedy and Allers pushing his towards drama. Disney chief Michael Eisner and his studio executives we're not pleased at the uneven story, the lukewarm test audience response, and the slow pace of production. However, the executives were at first reluctant to intervene because of Aller's success with The Lion King, which had also had trouble in production. In addition, most of Aller's crew had complete faith in the director, who was determined to create a sweeping epic on the scale of The Lion King. But it was apparent by 1998 that the production was not far enough along for the 2000 release. The film had many corporate promotional tie-ins and Allers was turned down for an extension on the film. He then quit the project. 
Fulmer and Dindle halted production for six months to retool the project, retiling it Kingdom in the Sun. When work on the film resumed, it had a new title and a new story. Gone were the sun-capturing plot, the look-alike peasant, and the llama herder love interest. Now the film was a buddy movie, with the witch depicted more as a mad scientist. The co-lead became Pacha, a portly farmer from the countryside. Eisner worried that the new story was too close to tone of the 1997 film Hercules, which had performed decently, yet below expectations at the American box office. Dindle and Fulmer assured him that The Emperor's New Groove, as the film was now called, would have a much smaller cast, making it easier to involve audiences. Sting songs related to specific scenes that were now gone had to be dropped. Sting was bitter about the removal of his songs from the film, but they are available on The Emperor's New Groove soundtrack album. For such a troubled film, it really turned out well. Well, our next question comes from Leroy Druris of Michigan, and he writes, I have a question regarding the Disney film Fly of the Navigator. This is a classic that does not need to be remade. However, I was wondering if there were any toys made for the film. I recently have gotten into toy collecting after hearing Jonathan talk about the Toy Hunter and want to track down a few rare ones from my childhood I may have never known existed. Thanks for any help. Well, Fly the Navigator is one of my favorites from my childhood. My son got it for Christmas last year and he loves it. The film was released in 1986. The film starts out in the year 1978. 12-year-old David Freeman, playing in the woods near his home, is knocked unconscious. He awakens and heads home, only to find strangers living there. He also finds out that the year is now 1986 and that he's been officially missing for eight years. NASA officials determined that David was abducted by aliens during his blackout and hoped to scan the boy's brain in order to unlock a few secrets of the universe. Answering the call of a strange unseen force, David boards a spaceship and takes off, guided by a computer named Max, voiced by Pee Wee Herman. The laugh definitely gives it away. Realizing that he can't fit into 1986, David retraces his steps of his alien abductor to get him back to his own time. But unfortunately, I could not find any toys for this great film. Our final question this week comes from Shannon, and she writes, Aaron of the D-Team, I'm a parent of a Disney Junior Age child. She just loves everything on that channel. I have a question regarding Henry Hugglemonster. She loves the show. How many seasons have there been, or are more planned? I want to make sure we didn't miss any on our DVR. Thank you for assisting in any help for me and my princess. Well, Henry Hugglemonster is an animated preschool show produced by Spiffy Pictures. It is based on the book, I'm a Happy Hugglewug. It first premiered on April 15, 2013 on Disney Junior, with a pilot episode on April 5, 2013 in the United States. The series revolves around the daily life of Henry Hugglemonster and his slightly chaotic but loving family. Living in the suburban town of Roarsville, everyone in Roarsville is a friendly, fun-loving monster. Sometimes Henry's experiences with his family, including Loving Mama, Silly Dado, Smart Kobe, and Diva Summer, as well as his many friends, lead to problems. So Henry must use his problem-solving skills to try and find a way to solve the problems and conflicts he is presented with in his daily life. 
Every episode features one or more original songs as well. The show can be beneficial to young children as it does not only encourage children to think creatively and build problem-solving skills, but can also help children overcome any fears of monsters they may have. There's only been one season so far, with 25 episodes, with episode 26 to air on May 2nd. There are 38 episodes made for season 1, and I'm sure as popular as this show is, there will be more seasons on the way. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads. Just growing up, every day is a new discovery. But nothing David Freeman has ever experienced will prepare him for the adventure that lies ahead. Sit down. I think there's been some sort of mistake. Your brain contains data necessary to get me and my friends home. I'm just a kid. You are the navigator. Walt Disney Pictures presents a new adventure fantasy. What are you doing? Above and beyond the ordinary. Take me back! Okay. Oh, no! Fight of the Navigator. Do something! You're the Navigator, not me. 20,000 feet and falling. Come on, one of these hasn't started. His mind is the key to an adventure on the most fantastic hot rod in the universe. A story of a spaceship. That flying saucer's first rate. Be cool, dudes. A friendship. I'm gonna miss you. I'm going to miss you, too. And an experience beyond imagination. Don't you want to take a turnpike? I'm the Navigator. Flight of the Navigator. Disney's new adventure fantasy. While you work, put on that grin and start right in to whistle loud and loud. Just hum a merry tune. Just do your best and take a rest and sing yourself a song. When there's too much to do, don't let it bother you. Forget your troubles, try to be just like the cheerful chick or D and whistle while you work. Come on, get smart and tune up and start to whistle while you wait. That cheerful chick or D whistle while you work. 
Come on, get smart, tune up and start to whistle while you wave. Hey, this is Beaver Bader, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Hi there, it's Caitlin here with WDWN2, a quick rundown of what's happening in the parks. It's an exciting week in the Magic Kingdom to say the least. Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is getting closer and closer to opening. So close, in fact, that this week Disney Parks hosted a press event revolving around the new attraction. Starting Thursday, media writers and photographers got the exciting opportunity to be among the first guests to board the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. I've heard that Grumpy Cat even made an appearance. We're sure he would get along with at least one dwarf in particular. And Friday morning, there will be a special dedication ceremony to celebrate its completion. Now if only they would release an opening date, we just can't wait to experience it. The Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is not the only thing Disney Parks are celebrating this week. Disney's Hollywood Studios is celebrating its 25-year anniversary. From its days as MGM Studios to now, Hollywood Studios has gone through many transformative changes, but in essence, it will forever be a classic just like the movies it celebrates. In honor of the big occasion, Mickey and Minnie attended the Rock Your Disney Side press party and even wore their adorable formal wear. Mickey looked as dapper as ever with a glowing Minnie Mouse by his side, and the studios will be celebrating all spring with Star Wars weekends kicking off this Sunday. If you didn't realize, Sunday is a little day we like to refer to as May the 4th be with you. So don't forget to pop some popcorn and watch your favorite Star Wars movies in honor of the fantastic galaxy far, far away. One more exciting piece of news from Animal Kingdom. The Festival of the Lion King's new theater should be nearing its completion. We can't wait to see the cast perform in their new home sometime soon. Keep checking back with us here at Diz Radio for updates. Until then, Hakuna Matata, thanks for listening, and don't forget, you can fly. Fantasyland and the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train Dedication. Now, please welcome our special honorees, Doc, Happy, Sleepy, Sneezy, Bashful, Grumpy, and Dopey, the Seven Dwarfs. Chairman of Walt Disney Parks and Resorts, Tom Staggs. Thank you. Welcome, everyone, and thank you, Doc, Sneezy, Sleepy, Grumpy, Bashful, Happy, and of course, Dopey. It's just an honor to be with you here today for your dedication celebration as we put the finishing touches on our expansion of New Fantasyland. It seems especially fitting that the seven of you are here with us to mark its completion. 
It was just a little more than a year ago where we were here to open New Fantasyland. Since that time, we have loved watching our guests' response, seeing people's faces light up as they visit Belle and Maurice's cottage and go into her story, or dine inside Beast's castle, visit Ariel in her grotto under the sea, or line up to compare muscles with Gaston. Did you know he was such a rock star, you guys? I know he did, but I, I didn't know. We're really happy with all that New Fantasyland has brought to the Magic Kingdom, but we thought we had an opportunity to add even more energy, motion, and life to this special place. And so it was in that spirit that we created the Seven Dwarves Mind Train. Yay! It is both literally and figuratively the centerpiece of New Fantasyland. So we knew it had to be something special, something that would appeal to everyone in the family and provide just the right blend of heart, humor, and thrill, while still being in keeping with the charm of this special land. So we threw that challenge to our Imagineers, and I really have to compliment them, uh, the, and the entire team, actually, that's worked on it. They've really uh, created exactly what we were hoping for. So the Mine Train features a first-of-its-kind ride system with real mine cars that the guys here designed. They sway back and forth so guests can feel every twist, turn, rock and roll of the track as they're immersed into the world of this treasured film. We also created and put to use some very special technology to make sure that we appropriately feature the real stars of this attraction, the Seven Dwarfs. So now, I think it's time to dedicate this great new attraction, which I'm excited to say will be fully open to our guests on May 28th. I know, I don't want to wait that long either. But So guys, I think you're going to agree with me that there's really only one person we can ask to help us do the honors here. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our very own Snow White. friends. Thank you, Snow White, for joining us here today. Of course. I would never miss an event honoring seven of my favorite friends. The dwarves taught me so much about what true family and friendship means. Oh, and having fun together, too. But their mind train was created for all of us to enjoy. You're absolutely right. And uh, that makes it especially great to have you here to dedicate it uh, for all of those who will enjoy it in the years to come. Now, I think the dwarves have forged uh, a special golden pickaxe for you to mark the occasions. Guys, who's got the pickaxe? I might have known. <laughs> Thank you, Toby. And now, Snow White, will you join us? On behalf of all of us at Disney Parks and Resorts, it's an honor to dedicate the Seven Dwarves Mine Train in New Fantasyland. A timeless land where magic lives, imagination soars, and dreams always come true. 
Well, shall we? Here we go. Heads, you're listening to Disney on Demand. Wow, it's dark in here. Wow, and now it's Finally too bright. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. Kari, Kari McKean. It's like Kari only with a K instead of a C and an A instead of an E and only one R and an I instead of an I. It's Disney on Demand. Well, it started out like any normal sitting gig, you know, with the reassuring of the parents and all. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. I just wish I could forget the whole you will, kid. You will. All right, LVG Heads, so I'm back once again, and thank you, Aaron, for taking the time to stop in and answer all those questions with I Want to Know. Remember, if you have any questions for Aaron, you can always contact him at Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. No question is too hard or too easy. Just definitely drop him that line. So, all of you dads, we have all kinds of fun as we're continuing to press on for show number 73 for the week of May 1st, 2015. We've had all kinds of news hot off the D-wire, and we are gearing up for our very special guest, Laura Jill Miller, stopping in here very shortly as well. So we have all kinds of fun on the horizon. We have more from the D-team. So I'm just going to jump right into a little bit more of news hot off the D-wire. And for all of you Disney Channel fans out there, how about Austin and Allie getting renewed for a fourth season? Yes, if you have teens and tweens and young adults in your life, or maybe you watch it yourself, the Disney Channel will now bring back the quirky comedy Austin and Allie for a fourth season. Now, Adam Bonnet, the executive vice president of original programming at Disney, confirmed the news of the series' renewal earlier this week. Now, the series first premiered on the network in 2011. The strength of the series helped make 2013 Disney Channel's highest-rated year ever among tweens, an audience that is invested in the Austin and Alley roles as they have officially released. Now, Austin and Alley was the number one series among kids ages 2 to 11 in 2013. Now, the show from creators Kevin Coplo and Heath Seifert chronicles Austin Moon, a somewhat immature, outspoken, and funny musician, as well as Allie Dawson, played by Laura Morano, as a quiet, self-conscious songwriter. Together, the two become a YouTube sensation. Austin and Alley airs on the Disney Channel Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so the fourth season is coming. Now, since we are talking about Disney and all those kind of things, let's talk about Radio Disney and the Radio Disney Music Awards. And how about those numbers? I'm not going to go too much into who was on it, what happened, things like that. But how about it delivering 3.2 million viewers on the Disney Channel? That is a number. Yes, the Radio Disney Music Awards delivered over 3.2 million viewers for the Disney Channel. Now, since we are talking about the Disney Channel, I'll give you one more thing here. And how about Kelly Osbourne? and the 7D. Yes, you may remember a while back when we had Bill Farmer, the voice of Goofy, here on the show, and he talked about how he was voicing a seven dwarf, somebody that was going to be coming to the Disney Channel. Well, it is getting closer to that time, and Kelly Osborne has now signed on for the cast of Disney's animated series, The 7D, which is billed as a new comedic take on The Seven Dwarfs' Tale. Now, Osborne is going to be the voice of Hildy Gloom, a novice witch who, together with her warlock husband Grimm, haplessly plot to overthrow the kingdom. Now, Osborne, who is 29, has said, It may surprise some of you to learn that I did grow up watching the Disney Channel, so playing a character in a Disney cartoon is beyond exciting for me. 
so you can get ready this fall as the 7D is going to be debuting. Now moving back to the theme parks, how about the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train? Now I did talk about this last week on the show, and you may have seen videos everywhere else, but the Walt Disney World's newest roller coaster is opening in the Magic Kingdom later this May, but you, now you can ride it through a first-person point-of-view video released by the company this last Wednesday. Yes, the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train features all new animatronic characters that use computer graphics to give them a full range of facial expressions. Now the video was released by the Walt Disney Company on Tuesday, and it does show the special effects very closely up, and the new coaster is being billed as a family ride with a height requirement of just 38 inches, or just a dad higher than the 35 inch for the Barnstormer. Now Disney hasn't announced an opening date for the Mine Train yet, but they are doing a variety of different test runs, press releases, and press events with people riding it as well. Now there are going to be a variety of different things with this, but now you can ride it as a POV first person video right there on the official website. Now getting back to the small screen once more, how about Star Wars The Clone Wars getting four daytime Emmy nominations? Yes, Entertainment Weekly is reporting that it's the daytime Emmy season, and the magical sprawling field of the Golden Award Dreams has now been cast as it includes four nods for Cartoon Network's final on-air season of the Star Wars The Clone Wars, including Outstanding Achievement in Animation. The most honored shows once again are up as well, including Ellen DeGeneres, Young and the Restless, and more. But yes, Star Wars The Clone Wars is up for four Daytime Emmy nominations. We'll find out more about this as the 41st Daytime Emmy Awards take place on June 22nd at the Beverly Hilton Hotel. So all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to end news here. There's a variety of different things on the horizon. We have more from the D-team, as we have our D-team member from Down Under, Lexi, as she's going to be stopping in here very shortly with the Hollywood Walk, with more on our very special guest, Laura Jill Miller, who's going to be stopping in here shortly, and more. Now, I do want to mention in advance, all of you D-heads, I am heading down to the Walt Disney World Resort this next week, so there will be no show next week. We will resume after that, but if you are down in the Orlando area and you want to meet up, Drop us a line, drop us an email, find us on Facebook, Twitter, you name it. If you want to meet up and you want to chat and you want to just connect up with us here at Diz Radio, and you're going to be at the Walt Disney World Resort next week, kicking off on May 7th all the way through the 14th, definitely drop us a line. I'd love to meet up, meet up with a variety of you D-heads, take some photos, and maybe even record some shout-outs as we will have our digital recorder on hand. So all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm excited. I'm heading down to the Walt Disney World Resort, and we are surprising our kids for the first time. Normally, we always do a countdown, and it's a big buildup. This time, we're not telling them until the day we leave at the airport. I am stoked. So, all of you D-Eds, with that said, I'm going to release the reins. We have more coming. We have Lexi, our DT member from Down Under. We have Paige stopping in with the magical music review and all kinds of fun as we gear up. So, I'm going to let you go, and before I do that, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is proudly sponsored by... Pixie Vacations. And the agents at Pixie Vacations can help you plan your Walt Disney World, Disneyland, and vacation by Disney and make it the most magical and special that you're going to have. Definitely contact them at pixievacations.com. So all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to release the reins to the D-team, and next time you hear me, I'm going to have none other than Laura Jill Miller here Service on the show. Children. I am your father. We all have a Disney side. And the best place to show it is Disney Parks. So come to the place where the entire family can laugh, let loose, and play together. Disney Parks. Come on, show your Disney side. And now, Sony proudly presents... 
Live from the Disney MGM Studios, it's Superstar Television! Don't touch that dial. It's television history in the making on Superstar Television. Superstar Television, featuring your favorite stars, your favorite shows, and you, the talented members of our studio audience. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's set our clocks back to 7.59 a.m. July 18th, 1955, as Superstar Television begins its broadcast day. This is Superstar Television, Channel One. Everyone gets hurt sometimes. It's okay to tell. You don't have to hide. Person or dragon, tiny or tall. Sometimes we tumble and sometimes we Let's start those projectors and look at this week's Hollywood Walk. for you. Who doesn't love Disney Junior? That's right, everybody loves Disney Junior. There are so many great shows. For one, there is the adorable and caring Doc McStuffins. Well, this week we are in for a real treat because we have one of the talented voice actors from the show here with us. This week's special guest is Lara Jill Miller. Along with a whole range of other parts, Lara is the voice of that fashionable and friendly Lambie, as well as Hazel the Witch. Now, born in Pennsylvania, Lara was raised to work hard. Her father had a unique career after all, he owned a pajama factory. <laughs> Not only is Lara a successful voice actress, but she acts on screen and is also an attorney. Wow, that's pretty cool if you ask me. So, long before Disney came calling, Lara lent her talents to the much-loved character Samantha, or Sam, on that fantastic 1980s sitcom Give Me a Break. There were so many well-known stars in that show, including Rosie O'Donnell, and Give Me a Break actually ran on NBC for six seasons. I think that must have been such a wonderful work experience. Now get this, Lara was actually lucky enough to begin her acting career on Broadway. 
where she appeared as Amaryllis in the revival of The Music Man, with none other than Hollywood legend Dick Van Dyke. Imagine being a young girl and getting to perform alongside such Hollywood royalty. After this, Lara focused both on studying at NYU, where she graduated, and also at Fordham University School of Law, where she graduated with her Juris Doctor. So Lara also continued to perform on stage across the country. Pretty impressive. When this week's special guest is not performing on stage, she is lending her talents to a whole range of animated characters. These include the singing voice of Dorothy in the National Public Radio's adaption of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, a number of characters in the Cartoon Network's The Life and Times of Juniper Lee, and the prequel to Clifford the Big Red Dog, Clifford Puppy Days, as well as characters in Digimon. Now that's both in the movie and on TV. And even Astro Boy. The list really does go on. Also, Lara is the voice of Widget in the insanely popular Nick Jr. show Wow Wow Wobsy. And Lara also lends her voice to Ali in Curious George. I mentioned this before, but I think it's really important to emphasize that this week's special guest is also the voice of June in the Cartoon Network's Life in Times of Juniper Lee. So it is clear that this week's special guest is incredibly versatile and incredibly talented. Disney is certainly very lucky to have her as part of the family. By the way, Lara also lends her voice to a number of video characters even one in the world of Warcraft. Now, back at Disney, Lara also lends her voice to the much-loved Pookie, Wiki, and Tinny on the Disney Channel's Higglytown Heroes. She is also the voice of Henry Hugglemonster in the wildly popular Henry Hugglemonster. And Lara is also Sylvia in Phineas and Ferb. I really don't know how she does it, but this week's special guest is a very busy member of the Disney family. We can also see Lara in great family comedy shows, including The Amanda Show, iCarly, General Hospital, and all that. So I think it is safe to say thank you, Lara Jill Miller. Disney and the world of entertainment would definitely not be the same without you. If she doesn't scare you, no evil thing will To see her is to take a sudden chill Cruella, Cruella The curl of her lips, the ice in her stare Our innocent children had better beware She's like a spider waiting for the kill Cruella, Cruella to At first you think Cruella But after time has worn away the shock You come to realize You've seen her down the eyes Watching you from underneath a rock This vampire bat This inhuman beast She ought to be locked up And never released 
Time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues Disney On Demand. And as we continue to bring you all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, this week we are bringing you somebody that is no stranger to if you grew up in the 80s watching television or if you have children now watching many different shows on Disney Junior, Nickelodeon, and all over the place. We have none other than voice actress, actress, and more. Laura Jo Miller with us. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Thank you. <laughs> it is our pleasure having you on. I mean, somebody with your resume, you have been all over the board from television to voice work and more. And I guess, you know, many people know you for your role as Sam on the classic TV show, Give Me a Break. I guess, you know, kicking off like I usually do, what led you into acting and, you know, that role in that cult fan favorite show? Well, I first started um, doing dinner theater in my hometown in Pennsylvania. And the way I got into that was... Um, there was this article in our local newspaper that they were building this new theater in the round. And I guess I saw a picture and I thought that it was like a merry-go-round or something because it was this round stage and I wasn't sure. And then I sort of read the article and I asked my dad what an audition was and he told me what an audition was and I don't think he's ever forgiven himself. But um, I was doing local dinner theater and then um, during one of the shows, one of the ladies in the show, you know, she was reading one of those magazines like Backstage or Show Business, and she had seen that they were having open auditions for a new Broadway show in New York. Um, and she said, hey, you should go into New York and tell us what a real New York audition is like. So 
I actually went. Um, you know, my parents were really supportive. Um, my mom brought me in, and I auditioned for Avita. Um, there were probably like 800 and some kids there at this open call. I was 400 and something. And we, you know, went in in groups of 10 and sang happy birthday and then narrowed it down to, you know, groups of five and groups of two or whatever. And I got down to like the last five kids. And I think, I don't remember this exactly, but I think they picked the two blondest kids and they asked the rest of us if we hadn't outgrown the role by the time they needed replacements, would we be willing to dye our hair blonde? And um, that was sort of the end of that. But on my way out, I heard familiar music in the door next door. And the music um, I heard was from the Music Man. Um, and I had just done that show at this dinner theater in Pennsylvania. And I um, sort of stuck my head in, because <laughs> that's what kids do. And I said, hey, this is familiar music. What are you guys doing in here? And they said, we're auditioning for Music Man. And I said, oh, goody, can I audition? And the next thing I know, some other guy comes out, and he's this very short man. And he looks at me, and he says, do you sing? And I said, yeah. He said, do you dance? And I said, yeah. And he said, do you play the piano? And I said, yeah. And he said, do you have an agent? And I said, no. And he said, do you have a manager? And I said, no. And he said, it was the end of that, and I told my mom about it. She was, like, in the phone booth. Yes, that was back when there were phone booths. Um, telling my dad what time we were coming home. And I told her that I gave my phone number to some, you know, strange man. And I kind of got yelled at for doing that. But the next thing I know, we got home to Pennsylvania, and there was a message on the machine saying that I was supposed to come back the next day and meet... Now, granted, we didn't quite understand the message because it was garbled, but I was supposed to come back and meet Mr. Van Dyke, who, when we showed up the next day, was Dick Van Dyke. And um, I sang and played the piano and tap danced and did all the lines from Music Man, which I had just done and in Pennsylvania. And um, like two or three days later, I got the call in school. I got called to the principal's office. And my dad said, want to go on the road, kid? And that led to me being in The Music Man and on tour and on Broadway and then getting an agent and then getting an audition and a callback and then give me a break. That was a really long answer. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's, moment, it's moments like that, though, that, you know, it may have been a long answer, but it's the kind of thing where, you know, it has remained in your in your memory forever because that was the, the big moment. That was that, it. I was at know, the right place at the right time. Exactly. You know, and, and that went on to, like you said, give me a break. And the 80s were known for great sitcoms. You know, if it's one thing about the 80s, it was, you know, theme songs and all kinds of great things. Now, I guess, did it catch you off guard at how popular this show went on to be and how popular it still is even now with... With, you know, fan favorites, you know, people who just love great sitcoms from the 80s. Yeah, well, when it first came on, um, I remember going out for dinner with an old family friend, and he said, you know, when this show starts to air, you're never going to be able to do this again. And I said, do what? And he said, sit in a restaurant, out for dinner in public, and not sign autographs. And lo and behold, literally after the first show aired, um, we were in that same restaurant, and I signed autographs. <laughs> and it was just the coolest thing. And then I also remember when when the show was on, it was on, I think, originally on Thursday nights. I remember if we would be out for dinner on a Thursday night and it was getting close to 8 or 8.30 when we were on, I would look around the restaurant and go, wait, wait, all these people, they have to get home. They have to get home in time to watch the show. Um, 
but uh yeah, it 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 caught me off guard, but I loved every minute of it. I mean, when I was home with my family, we used to judge restaurants based on how many autographs I signed that night. So we would call it like a four autograph dinner or a five autograph dinner, you know. Well, you know, and those are great things, great memories too. And, you know, your friend was right, you know, in terms of saying that you're never going to be able to do that again. And that changes everything. Now, I guess that's going to lead me into, you know, being in the spotlight for so many years. You know, um, after that, you moved on to continue schooling. And I'm, I'm a big advocate for continuing schooling because it's very important. I guess, uh, how were you drawn back to school and ultimately with practicing law, which is completely the opposite end of the spectrum? Yeah, I would say so. Well, um, I was just always raised um, that knowing that education was really important. Um, And I guess after the show ended, you know, I just I wanted to continue with my education. And um, I went to NYU. Of course, I was always ready and willing to withdraw at any given moment. But um, it was the only college I actually knew about because, you know, if you don't go to high school, I, ha- I had a tutor. So I didn't have a guidance counselor and I didn't have friends going to college. Um, and NYU was the only one I had ever heard about because at the time, um, Jamie Gertz was um, doing square pegs and she had applied to NYU. And I said, oh, NYU, okay, I'll go there. And I applied single choice, early decision. And, um, and also my agent was was in New York, and so I could kind of continue in show business, too. I mean, I was doing voiceovers during school and stuff. And then law school just came about sort of the same thing, which was I was on the tennis team at college, and one of my friends was taking the LSATs at the time, and uh, I said, what are those? And she's like, oh, you know, the test you take to go into law school. And I said, oh, hey, I'll take one of those, too, because... You know, there's worse things to do when you don't know what to do than going to law school. So, well, you know, and and you know, I guess the general progression of that then too. You know, I mean, it led to be very successful for you. I mean, because education, you can't go wrong with that. And would you encourage, uh, I guess, all inspiring actors or people who you know were children actors and whatnot, you know, mm-hmm. to continue with schooling in some way, shape, or form? Oh yeah, for everybody, whether you were a child actor or you know you just want to get into the business. I mean, you know, they always say that thing to have a fallback career. Um, I guess, yeah, it's very important. This business um, that I always say, this business that we call show is not always easy to break into. And um, so if if you can't get into it, contrary to my experience, which I was, again, really lucky, um, yeah, I think you should always continue your education. Very good. Like I said, you know, I I am a big advocate of continuing on with school. Now, I guess, you know, pushing along, you know, 1999, you traveled back to Hollywood, you know, from New York and all that kind of fun stuff. And you were part of, you know, great family shows, including the Amanda show, all that, Um, you know, a lot of family entertainment. And I'm an, you know, as I've said, you know, with education, I'm an advocate of family entertainment. I think some of that is coming from being a father, but is family entertainment something that you've always been drawn to a little bit more than anything else? Um, well, I never thought of it that way, but now that you say that, yeah, I mean, good, wholesome fun is probably the best stuff to have. Um, yeah, when I first came out here, Amanda show, all that. In fact, actually, my first show back here, I did a guest spot on Chicken Soup for the Soul, and I guess you can't get any more, um, wholesome than that one. Um, (laughs) but I also like doing the shows. I mean, I'm sort of now multi-generational, which I don't know if that's really a word, but, um, it's kind of cool that the parents who used to see me and give me a break now have kids and they're seeing me doing these cartoons and then some of the cartoons that I've already done like 10 years ago, now they're sort of young parents of kids that are still watching the cartoons and 
it, that's that's neat, and that just brings it all together. Well, you know, and, and that's the kind of thing, too, like you said, it brings it all together. And, you know, I guess what was the hardest part of coming back to Hollywood, too, you know, with uh, such a great on-screen persona once again after, you know, going to New York and doing voice work and going to school and then, you know, coming back to Hollywood and there you are in front of the camera once again, I guess. Was it difficult or did it just seem like second nature to you? Yeah, it seemed like second nature. Um I mean, I was I was a lawyer in New York, and one cold, snowy winter day, um, you know, I had a friend out here who had said, you know, you should come back out here for pilot season. You can stay with me. And I said, oh, don't say it twice. And she said, you can stay with me. And um, I came out, plus with, you know, encouragement from friends and family, you know, follow your dreams and pursue your passion. And, and um, so it wasn't too much of a hardship coming back in. Um, I broke into animation, though, which was really cool. I mean, I had been doing voiceovers in New York, um, but, you know, getting into animation was just the coolest thing. And, I mean, uh, I remember, let's see, by the time I was doing Juniper Lee, The Life and Times of Juniper Lee, that was on Cartoon Network, there was this article in some magazine. It might have even been a Cartoon Network article. I'm not sure. But they were talking about how sometimes um, – celebrities get stunt casted into shows and they were comparing them to real voiceover actors and I was in the list of the real voiceover actors and I was just enthralled like I was actually cutting out a niche for myself all over again so instead of just being you know an on-camera sort of celebrity person I was now being considered a real live voiceover person so that was cool. Well, you know, and like you said, you know, being a, you know, a real voiceover person, voice actor and whatnot, like you said, you've lent your voice to a variety of different things, um, you know, with uh, Clifford's Puppy Days, Wow Wow Wubsy, uh, Juniper Lee, I mean, Curious George, I mean, uh, even the highly popular Digimon, which, uh, you know, anime, you know, was a big thing. I mean, it, when it hit, the, you know, the United States, it was huge. I guess, what was it like being part of something like that, something that's anime, completely different, completely new, and Digimon was, was gigantic? Yeah, Digimon was cool. That was my that was my first animated series out here. It was the first um job that I got. Um and the rest is history, I guess. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's it. It it was great. I was it was very exciting to be part of that. Um that was the the anime that that show is anime and it's completely different than all these others that I'm doing where, you know, you record as a cast. So that one, you know, it's different. You just go into a booth and you listen for the three beeps and then, you know, you're the only one in, in the booth at the time. And half the time you don't even know what's going on in the episode because, you know, you just skip to your lines. So, you know, line 35, line 37, line 142, and you don't even know what happened between 37 and 142. And then when you meet fans who you know, are fans of Digimon, and they say, oh, remember the episode where such and such and such and such happened? And, I, and I'm thinking, I, no, I don't. I, not only I don't remember it, I don't even remember doing it because... I don't have any idea what the episode was about. Well, you know, I guess that's going to lead me to, you know, you've touched base upon some of it, which is, you know, how different is voice acting from, you know, being on screen? And, you know, you answered some of that with, you know, you're reading lines, you're in a booth, you know, you're just focused on, on then and there, you know, not really knowing even where it's going to be sometimes. I guess how different is it, you know, bringing these characters to life, you know, behind a microphone? Well, um... Okay, well, behind the microphone, you have, don't have to wear any makeup or have your hair done. So that's first. Um, but also, okay, no kidding. Um, every nuance has to just come from sound. So um, 
there's no motions, there's no facial expressions that you can um, rely on. You have to make everything, every line believable with just your voice. So, like, cry, happy, sad, um, excited, catch a ball, scared, you know, out of breath. Um, you, you just wouldn't believe, I think, how much people maybe rely on their facial expressions and, like, acting something out with their hands or their body. And... um you just have to be able to make the words come off the page and bring everything to life with just with just your voice. And um I I not that I've taught, but I've, you know, gone to like some voice acting classes and been the speaker and stuff, and it's amazing when you go around the room and you point to people and just say, "Go ahead, catch a ball." And they're like, "What?" And I said, "No, catch catch a ball." And and they don't know what I'm talking about and that you have to catch a ball with like just a sound. But you can't move too much because then your clothes will rustle. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, and that I was going to say, and that's the kind of thing, too, now where, you know, like you said, I mean, you have to bring it to life. It's all in your voice. It's all in the nuances. And that's what makes it believable. And, um, you know, I guess pushing forward with your voice work, you know, and Disney fans, because nothing would be complete with all, all of our Disney listeners out there and fans. And they're going to recognize your work from Higglytown Heroes. You know, and um, most recently as Lambie on Doc McStuffins and Henry Hugglemonster, which uh, let's just say my, both my boys love that show. Um, you know, now these are great shows. They spark imagination and wonder, creativity. I guess uh, when you're working on something like this and portraying Lambie on Doc McStuffins or uh, Henry Hugglemonster and things like that, um, what's your favorite part of playing those kind of roles? Oh, um, well, of those roles, let's see. Well, Lambie is just an absolute dream to play. Um, I'm... Well, both. I mean, I'm really lucky and honored um, to have been cast <laughs> um, as these parts. Um, for Lammy, who wouldn't want to be, who wouldn't want to be a cuddly, loving, you know, adorable tiara and tutu wearing lamb? Um, and like I said above, uh, you know, that you don't have to wear hair and makeup to do that. You know, um, it's well, uh, Doc McStuffins is like the water cooler hit of preschoolers and Henry Huggle Monster is on its way there. Um, let's see. My favorite parts, I just, I love doing it. I love being able to play all these different things. I mean, in person, as as an on-screen person, I mean, how would you be able to play a lamb and a red dog and a pink bunny rabbit and, you know, a girl with magical powers? Like, you just can't do that. So this is just really cool. Well, definitely. You know, and, and like you said, you know, um, you know, Doc McStuffins is, uh, it's a big hit. And it's one that is, you know, really big with preschoolers and that. And, you know, and I have many children from many different ages. And I guess that's going to bring me to shows like Doc McStuffins and Henry, where it is geared way towards, you know, really young children um you know does that uh i guess I, I guess does that bring a smile to your face sometimes when you see the reaction on you know a two-year-old or a three-year-old and they're just enthralled by these characters and they just love them to death yeah it's amazing although when they're that young they don't quite get that human beings are playing the parts so sometimes <laughs> when we see kids and somebody's like oh look look honey she's lammy and they're like you know they just stare at you because <laughs> i'm not wearing a tiara or a tutu now, I guess, uh, you know, with staying with Disney Junior and, you know, Henry Huggle Monster, now that's a great program. Like you said, it's on its way to becoming, you know, really big. And my two boys really love that. I think it's full of heart and family. It's the kind of show where there's just something very special about it. Um, now, I guess, how did you uh, go about getting selected as the title role in the show? Because, uh, you know, that that's a big role uh, to fill there on the show. And it, like I said, it really is full of heart and family. And uh, how did that come about, you 
you know, getting the part of Henry? Uh, well, in one word, audition. Well, okay, two words, then a callback. <laughs> okay, three words, and then another callback. Um, I mean, I that's how it is for all of them out here. I mean, you audition. I mean, I guess, you know, there's also talent and luck and timing and hard work and people knowing that they can depend on you and that you're a good worker and you show up on time. Um, but, you know, you audition. You audition, They and there's a sound that they like or love or fall in love with and um, a talent behind that. And then you get a cool, cool, cool job. And I'm really honored and lucky and happy to play him. I mean, it's really cool. Definitely. Now, I guess looking back at your entire career, you know, on screen, off screen, voice work, is there ever one special moment in time, whether that's young, old, current, off camera, in the studio, you know, watching something back? Is there that one moment or that one story or something that has happened that's going to just remain in your heart forever that you're never going to forget no matter what? Oh, well, okay, there's not just one. There just can't be one. But, I mean, in the beginning when I started, that whole thing about how I got my very first job and going on the road, and, I mean, I can just, I mean, I remember it distinctly. And and it was just huge because, I mean, I was just from a small town in Pennsylvania and doing local dinner theater. And then the next thing I know, I'm on Broadway. You know, that's just weird. Um, And then auditioning for Give Me a Break and being flown out to, California and and meeting Nell Carter for the first time, um, that was just huge. I mean, absolutely huge. After I had seen her in Ain't Misbehaving, by the way, um, and I had pictures of me imitating her with like balloons in my in my shirt and balloons in my bloomers and stuff. Um, but you know, six seasons of Give Me a Break. There is there is not one story or moment that I'll ever forget. There's six years of stories and moments that I'll never forget. I mean. I think unlike most kids who grew up in show business, I, I loved every minute of it. Um, and I have story after story after story of, you know, being with Nell and doing the show and, I don't know, Circus of the Stars and Star Games and Battle of Network stuff. Like, all those were just the greatest. I remember doing Circus of the Stars and I said, oh, I have to get another show so I can do this again. I mean, just everything. I loved every bit of it. I loved doing everything. I loved... um uh you know, I loved signing autographs. I liked um, doing talk shows. I liked, um, I loved the work. Um, I know that people sometimes, you know, I talk to my sisters and, and they say, you know, it's the 80s. You know, you, you know this from the 80s. And I go, no, 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 I missed out on a lot because, you know, from sunrise to sunset, I was on a set. Um, so pop culture and stuff, you know, I don't necessarily know about. but Or people used to say, um so you missed out on so much, you know, you didn't get to go to your high school dance. And I said, yeah, but you didn't get to go to the Emmys. So, I mean, I just, there is not one moment. That's that, that's it. It's just everything. Well, you know, and that's that's good to hear because, you know, like you said, it's not true for, you know, every single child star. So, you know, hearing that, you you know, you loved it all. You, you soaked it all in. And it's one of those things where, you know, it's been pleasant for you it's been great and you know that's that's a good thing to hear now i guess with so many projects in the works there's always things on the horizon and in the future is there anything that you can lend us in on that uh you we can be on the lookout for we're going to be able to either hear you or see you or you know or is it all just uh tight-lipped and under wraps oh well um okay well the things i can tell you about are um i'm going to be uh recording season three of sci girls that's like sci s-c-i like science that's on people PBS, so we were picked up for our third season, so they're already in production now, but 
um, I'll be doing the voiceover um, later this year. Um, we're in production for season three of the Doc McStuffins, and I don't even think they've already aired all of season two. So just so you know, season three is going to come up. Um, I'm still in production of season two of Henry Huggle Monster, and quite frankly, I don't think they've even um, aired all of season one yet of Henry Huggle Monster. So there's season two coming up. And then, of course, all the toys and games that go with all the shows, like toys, games, apps, books, e-things. Um, and I just did a Nick, Nickelodeon short um, for their international series, but um, that one, that's all I can tell you. <laughs> well, there's always that one or two that you, you can't tell us much about, but, you know, it's good to know that we're going to be able to hear your voice everywhere and all over the place. I mean, so many different things. And I guess, you know, we know you're busy, and from the sounds of it, you have a very, very full schedule. So I guess, you know, as we slowly wrap things up here with you, is there uh, anything for all the Laura fans out there, one last thing that you'd love to say and, you know, share with all of them? Because we know that there's so many people, whether that was growing up in the 80s with, you know, Give Me a Break or, you know, people like myself where they're listening to your voice every single day on Disney Junior with little kids. Is there anything that you'd like to leave out there for all your fans? Oh, such pressure. <laughs> um, okay, well, I love having nice fans. It's that's really nice. Um, sometimes I troll on Twitter or Facebook and see if somebody, you know, posted a picture of their kid watching Doc McStuffins or, you know, dressed as Lammy or whatever. And then, of course, I always make sure that they're a nice, normal people um and, and then and then i write them back and i'll say you know give so-and-so a cuddle from lammy and it's just great when you get their response back and they go oh mg i just you know got a shout out from the lady who plays lammy i mean i i like fans i think that's just really cool um but let's see one last thing that i would like to you know say to people um follow your dreams um work hard to follow those dreams and um don't take anything for granted. Love your friends and family. They're really important. Very good. Well, I guess, you know, in closing here, if anybody would like to follow your career, shows, voice work, anything else, I guess, where would they be able to find you online? Like you said, you know, Twitter, uh, websites, where would they be able to find uh, more out about you and, you know, keep tabs on uh, where they can find you? Oh, yeah. Um, go to Twitter, Facebook. Um, it's under my name. That's Lara without the U. And my middle name, Jill Miller. And... Um, you know, I'm not, like, way, way hip on social media. I'm not one of those people who, you know, writes jokes all the time every day. But, you know, like, I just posted a picture from the first recording session of Doc McStuffins of Season 3, and we had a cast picture of, you know, of us at Henry Huggle Monster. And so, you know, I put some cool things up there. Um, and I would love to see people um, join, and I'll say hi, and you can say hi, and... And that's it. Well, very good. Well, you know, it was a pleasure speaking with you, you know, going down this memory lane, this trip here of, uh, you know, your entire career that, you know, you truly do love. And, you know, it's appreciative of it. And uh, I guess in closing, you know, take the time, uh, you know, stopping out of your schedule and sharing all this with us and, uh, you know, just taking those moments and talking with all of your fans. So I just want to say thank you once again for, I guess, uh, all the memories and all the memories you're bringing, you know, children of the world even now. And it was a pleasure having you stop in. Thank you. Thank you very much. Pretending, let them get the best of me. Oh, 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 give me the break. 
Suspense, paint you with a new magical music review. This week's guest star is Lara Jill Miller. Miss Miller has done a variety of voices for shows on Disney's preschool channel, Playhouse Disney, with Special Agent Oso and Higglytown Heroes, and now on Disney Junior with Doc McStuffins. This week, I thought I would select songs for each of these shows for us to listen and enjoy. As with our look at Bear in the Big Blue House a few weeks ago, this segment will be more of an appreciation of these fun tunes. So, with that said, let's go! Ms. Miller's character, Lamy, is always ready to lend a helping hoof to her friend, Dottie, Doc McStuffins. Beginning in 2012, Doc McStuffins has been described as the cheers for preschoolers. The theme song is an up-tempo, catchy tune. The use of piano, drum set, and wind chimes fits very well with the lead singer and the choir. I can tell you that it makes me want to watch the show. Enjoy! The Doc is in! The Doc is in, and she'll fix you up. If you're a toy, then you're in luck. It's okay, don't be afraid. The dog really knows her stuff. Do, 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 you know it's good for you. The dog is gonna help you feel better. Oh, 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 it's the place to go when you feel a little under the weather. Let dog mix up and do her thing to get you right back in the swing. Beginning in 2009 on Playhouse Disney and making the move to Disney Junior in 2011, Special Agent Oso has helped children with tasks varying from blowing bubbles to cleaning their room. The tune of this theme song is very reminiscent of what can almost be called the Special Agent Melody. With guitar, drum set, keyboard, trumpets, and the lead singer, Joey Gain, and a choir, the song is intriguing. Enjoy! Special alert! Special alert! Meet Special Agent Oso, the unique stuffed bear. He's on a special assignment to help a kid somewhere. And with help from you, there's nothing he can't do. He's Oso Special. Hurry, Special Agent Oso. Oso Special. Sounds like a plan. When he's on the scene, he'll do all he can. Learning brand new skills, facing danger and thrills. It's all part of the plan. He's oh so special. Hurry, oh so. Oh so special. Way to go. Special agent. Oh so. Starting back in 2004, Higley Town Heroes has had an impressive run. Even when the official airing ended on Playhouse Disney in 2009, it has come back on Disney Junior. The show's most memorable song isn't its theme song, but a song that introduced each special hero. Hero was originally written by Kent Redeker and was composed by Mark Harrison. Hero is present twice in each episode and each time introduced the problem that Yubi, Wayne, Twinkle, and Kip have found and to introduce the hero who can help solve the problem. 
With a simple melody, Mr. Harrison managed to produce a different arrangement to fit the hero being introduced and to match the new lyrics each time. Take a listen to an example of the song, Hero. Someone special, who could it be? This clock's too big for you and me. We need some help. But never fear, oh. It looks like a job for a Higley Town hero. A Higley Town hero. I'm a Higley Town hero, brave and true. I help the town with the things I do. So work real hard and you will see that you can be a hero. <laughs> I'll jump and hop all the way to the tippy-top. If you need a tree climbed in a hurry, I can scamper, oh, I can scurry. I got paws just made to climb. Up, 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 it takes no time. <laughs> can you climb super high to a treetop in the sky? The sky is the limit. How about a tree on Mars that goes straight up to the stars? You betcha. In the sky, I'll climb so high to the Short and sweet this week, but still fun. I hope you'll all have a wonderful rest of your week, D-Heads. Until next time, see ya! Going to Disney Junior. Come on, everyone, join in. Disney Junior. Disney Junior. Where the magic begins. I'm going where the rockets blast off. I'm gonna zip around beneath the trees. I'm going where the pirates cast off. Adventure on the seven seas. I can think up new ideas. I can chug around all day. I can build a word and see the letters turn into the things I say. Disney Junior. Disney Junior. Disney Junior. Where the magic begins. Hi, this is Katie Von Till, the current voice of Disney Snow White, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. See? Wow. It's Disney On Demand. Dibs. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. Okay, I'm convinced. And a little disgusted. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back once again, and I hope you enjoyed this jam-packed show here this week as we celebrated the 25th anniversary of Disney's MGM Studios, as well as welcoming our very special guest, Laura Jill Miller. And I want to extend a very special thank you to Laura Jill Miller for stopping in and chatting with all of you D-heads about voice acting, her career, growing up in the 80s, and more. And remember, you can always listen to her every single day on Disney Junior, on Doc McStuffins and Henry Hugglemonster, as well as Curious George and many other animated shows 
that I know your children are tuning in to enjoy. So thank you, Laura, once again for stopping in with all of us here at the show. I'd also like to thank the D-Team. Yes, Aaron, Paige, Lexi, and Caitlin, all for taking the time out of their busy schedules and stopping in with their signature segments for all of you D-Heads here this week. There would be no show without the D-Team, otherwise you'd be listening to me ramble on every single week, so thank you. And remember, you can stay connected with the D-Team on our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. So, all of you D-Heads, the final person I need to thank is you, the D-Heads. That's right. You guys are the reason why we do this show. We do it for you every single week. We hope we bring that magic and something special from your lifetime of Disney. So, thank you, the D-Heads, for continuing on and spreading the word of our new kind of Disney show. So, all of you D-Heads, with that said, the show is finally getting wrapped up, and we have a very special guest stopping in here in two weeks. I will remind you, next week there will not be a show because I'll be down at the Walt Disney World Resort. Yes, I will have the entire Johnson clan down there at the Walt Disney World Resort. So remember, if you want to meet up with us, definitely find us on Facebook, Twitter, and many other places and find out where we're going to be meeting up while we're down at the Disney Resort. So remember, in two weeks, we're going to come back with show number 74 and a very special guest. But before I let you go this week, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website, at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, social media, latest news blogs, and more right there on our website at DizRadio.com. D-I-Z Radio.com. And remember, you can always connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. Just search Diz Radio or Disney Blue, B-L-U. And remember, if you want to get the show right away, as soon as it's posted, you can subscribe to Diz Radio right there in iTunes and Stitcher Radio and get them as soon as they get released. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, all the different ways to stay connected here at the show, I am excited. I am packing my bags. We are surprising the kids with a Walt Disney World trip here in just under five days. So, I am excited for this. I mean, it's the first time that the kids have no idea. Usually, we count down. We really just, you know, have a big buildup for the trip. This is the first time we're not telling them until we are going to be at the airport. I am excited, and trust me, I am going to be taking a video when we tell them. So I am excited for this. So maybe I'll meet some of you D-heads while we're down at the Walt Disney World Resort next week. And remember, as always, when we get busy, we get crazy, we get bogged down at work, just take a few moments, slow down, and never neglect family for business. I'll catch you online and uh, maybe see you in person at the Walt Disney World Resorts. See you later, D-heads.
In every job that must be done, there is an element of fun.
Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.